Hello everyone and welcome back to Hextech Heroes. We are now on episode 3 of the podcast. And that's right, it's still me, it's still Laughing Mage, your host podcaster minion. But joining me, as always, are my fellow podcaster minions. Guys, say hello. Hey y'all, it's me Susan, or you can call me TJ. Hey, it's Micro. We're back for episode 3. This is super exciting. I love doing these episodes every single week. And... This week, we have not a ton of news, I would say, but definitely some stuff that we're going to be talking about. We got a couple of topics for our team chat. Unfortunately, we, uh, unfortunately, we didn't get anything this week for uh, all chat. So just a quick reminder, if you have anything that you want us to talk about, a question, a topic, anything you want us to discuss, go ahead, shoot us an email at hextechheroes at gmail.com, and you can have the possibility of being featured in our all chat section uh, next week. With that being said... Let's go into our first segment, which is going to be catch-up XP and talk about our weeks. Uh, does anybody here, who wants to go first? I'm okay with going first if you guys would like. Uh, yeah. Okay, yeah, so this week haven't been up to much. Like, just been working, really, IRL, but I've been playing more Lucian on League. Not Even more than the last week. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, <laughs> I, I really like the way the champ feels, but I played a few... Twitch games, he feels kind of all right. I need a few more games to get a real opinion on him. I feel like uh, you can kind of play Twitch forward. similarly to how you play like Jinx. Like that's one hundred percent. Like in terms of play style, that that's what it feels like. Except you're obviously you're playing around like, ooh, I'm invisible. <laughs> I I agree. With that. I think that. I'll think about that more while I'm playing him. But yeah, Lucian just feels really good. Bork, uh. I'll have a lot to say about Bork later. <laughs> um, <laughs> has just been the lifeblood of ADCs right now, and like he utilizes it well, better than any other champion right now, in my opinion. Interesting. Uh, okay. And yeah, it's just he's just really easy, easy to just. I don't I don't know how to explain it. He just feels really good right now. So that's yeah, what I've I been playing. Right. Uh, but yeah. Not much going on other than that. I'm trying to save for a new computer and hopefully start up streaming. Hey. That would be awesome. Maybe do some awesome. solo queue grind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's about it for me. All right. Micro, do you want to wanna go next? Do you want to talk about maybe whether or not you came to any <laughs> yeah. conclusions about your, your claims last week? Uh, it's still 100% hard to stay. Is it to say? Uh, I'm personally feel like I might be onto something. I don't know. Control mages feel great right now. Uh, I tried Syndra, of course, uh, even though it's hard to consider her a control mage. But like Rise felt great. I tried Malzahar. He felt pretty good. Um, there's a few others I still need to try. I think that control mages do have a spot in the meta right now, and they can be. They're, they're, they felt very impactful. Um, even if I wasn't in the games that I played. <laughs> uh, but other than that, I haven't been playing too much League this week. Um, maybe a game here or there whenever I have time, but been focusing on playing a lot of Hearthstone recently because there's a new oh, expansion yeah. about to drop. Yeah, um, you played a lot of oh, Hearthstone this week. <laughs> wait, wait, well, I'm sorry, Micro. What rank did you end on Hearthstone? Uh, I did Legend, Legend in Hearthstone. Mm. Uh, I guess it's equivalent to High Diamond or maybe But what I don't know. It, <laughs> I, I did it. Just because I found a deck I really liked, and I was like, "All right, I'm just gonna spam the shit out of this game." So I went from like the lowest rank to legend, which was pretty sick. 
and then the and then you know the season reset but uh other than that other than hearthstone other than working playing control mages i haven't really been up to too much this week that's pretty much it all right uh as for my catch-up xp i i know i talked last week i started uh the show wednesday and I have subsequently finished Wednesday. Uh, overall, I actually really enjoyed it. I thought it was a really fun show to watch. I thought that Jenna Ortega was incredible. I think actually the entire cast was incredible. Uh, I will say that it was just a tad bit predictable. Uh, the whole, I think there is like a sub, like the unintended twist at the end, but like I kind of figured it out like three episodes in. And I didn't <laughs> think it was terribly difficult to figure out the 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 weird twist that happens at the end of the show but overall i mean it was still a very enjoyable watch and i think it is well worth anybody's time if they are into like uh into anything that has to do with like the adams fan adams family or like quirky horror Mm -hmm. sort of stuff it is a good watch uh other than that i've been obviously i've been playing a lot of league of legends i play a lot of league of legends every week that's just the kind of person that i am obsessive um i had i i I played a couple of ranked games a a couple preseason ranked games um, they didn't go so well. I I think I played <laughs> six in total. I won two, lost four. Um, Oof. but when I but I I won two and then I lost two, and when I was sitting at that fifty percent win rate, I was down six LP. So I don't know how that's possible, but it was. This at, is the my, realm that uh we are in. Yeah, yeah. This I, is that's, the life. It's just the life I live. Um, yep. but I will say that even in my games, I personally felt like I was playing well. Um, it, it mostly came down to like, there was somebody who just like didn't care. Cause it's, Oh, it's preseason. I don't have to try. Like, it doesn't matter that much. Mm. And like, I think that's a really bad mentality to have, but you know, that's whatever I'm down LP. It's, it's really not that big of a deal. I'm not too worried about it. I'm, I'm still pretty confident in, uh, being able to, to do well in this upcoming rank season. Um, yeah, I feel like focusing on yourself and making sure you're not the problem and like making sure your gameplay is good is the most you can do in that situation. Yeah, I mean that's how I've been moving forward. It feels. I mean, it just feels a little bit bad because, like, I, I there is like a conversation to be had about like, oh yeah, support players are the most like boosted role in the game. But it's like, <laughs> sure, but like you could be the most boosted role in the game at like a fifty percent win rate with like two thousand games, and I'm not trying to play two thousand games. So I, I need to figure out how to like carry from the support role. So like yeah, you got a sub sub two hundred <laughs> games. I can hit uh, I can hit my goal next season. Um, yeah, and it's it's looking like it's unironically looking like Jana, but we don't have to talk about that right now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we love to see it. We love to see it. <laughs> um, other than that, I've been playing a lot of Valheim. That's the other game that I've been playing a lot. Uh, super fun. I've been hey. absolutely crushing it in that game and having a lot of fun. Very fun game. Um, but that's going to be my catch up XP. So it's about time that we move into the team chat section of the podcast. So the very first topic that we're going to talk about is going to be, so it was recently, uh, released in, I believe it was hotline league where they were talking about it. I think it was, Oh, I don't remember who it was, who was guesting, but somebody was, they were talking about it on the show, but essentially it came out that this year, uh, in 2022 for worlds, the LCK was spending an extraordinary amount of money. Uh, paying their players, where the average salary was somewhere around a million dollars per player, 
which is pretty significantly higher than the average salary of LCS players. It's obviously not higher than the highest, I think, the highest paid player was, which I think was Bjergsen, and it was just an absurd amount of money for him. It was a couple million dollars for him. Uh, But LCK spent a lot of money going into 2022 Worlds, and this brought up a conversation where it was like, when you talk about the four major regions, you have Korea and China as like these powerhouses who always seem to be ahead of the curve, they have the best ping, they have the best players, they have the largest player base, and they always seem to be able to to pull ahead of every other major region. Then you have the LEC, which is kind of like mini mini Korea, I guess, which is like, these players are really, really good, and they're ambitious, and they're driven, and they're looking to play at the top level, and they have had some international success moving uh, uh, in the past. And then we have NA, and it's like, what does NA have compared to Korea, China, and the LEC? And the answer for a really long time was, oh, well, uh, 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 NA just has a lot of money. We can pay our players a lot of money. If we can't train a good roster, we'll buy a good roster. And it's like, we don't even have that anymore. That's kind of like, this. That's, that's the ground zero that we're at right now. The LCS is down money this year, and we can't outspend Korea at a million dollars per player contract. We can't do, it's, it's just not financially responsible for any mm-hmm. of these organizations to be doing that right now. And it does kind of, it started a conversation a little bit about like, where does the LCS stand in terms of being a major region in League of Legends? Because obviously we're not as competitive as Korea, China, and uh, the LEC because I mean, we went what, three and 15 at Worlds this year, the worst Worlds record we have ever had with the highest spending totals that we have ever had with our highest spending team, not even making it to Worlds. What does that what does that mean for our region going forward? I think that that's just reflective of what happens. Like since we aren't as competitive, this is what we get, you know? Like it when in terms of LCK and them spending all the money on these players, it's like they see the talent in them. So they're going to spend the money on them. They're like they deserve this. We see it, you know, mm-hmm. you know, like yeah. And that ties into LCS paying so much for these players because they need this talent. So they're like, <laughs> we'll, we'll pay anything we can to get this talent, you know? Mm-hmm. There, there, there is something to be talked about when it comes to the North American infrastructure for raising these amateur players. And I, th- there is like a couple of huge differences and I won't dive too deep into what this is because we could honestly do an entire podcast dedicated to solely the topic of infrastructure in these countries. But yes. like from the most base level, Korea and uh, Korea especially, I, I think, but definitely China as well. First of all, a much larger amount of their population plays the game, I believe. And that's not because like people aren't interested in the game in the U S although I I think maybe interest is dwindling maybe, Uh, but it is a lot to do with the accessibility to having the technology needed to play the game in the last 10 years where in North America, not every single family had a computer that could be dedicated to playing a video game for a couple of hours over there in these uh, Eastern Asian countries, they have, you know, these PC bongs and they have like areas where you can go in, you can pay like $15 and play for the entire day. And you can play League of Legends and grind in solo queue in this public space, which is not something that we have access to here in the US, not really, at least. Uh, and I, I think that would be something that I would like to see uh, happen yeah, over to here. Facilitate yeah. The environment. yeah, to facilitate mm-hmm. the environment. And also, I think, and this is my own personal gripe with it, 
is I don't think we do nearly enough or really anything at all to facilitate high schoolers and middle schoolers who are looking to play these games because I don't know about you guys but me growing up in high school I did not have a I did not have an esports team I did not have an Same esports way. organization I wish there or was conversation. one in my school. I wish that too. Yeah, I think neither. a lot of people who would be listening yeah. to this podcast would want something <laughs> yeah. like that, right? I think that'd be yeah, super yeah. cool. It seems really engaging for like high school players. I, like that was my one dream as a high school player. As a, when I was playing in high school, I, I would have loved there for there to be a team. Mm-hmm. I think you know. I think expanding on that, uh, I think it's good if we were to you know have more of a community around like high school teams. I think it you know, promotes those players too. And then we get to see, you know, more young talent from our, from our region, of course. Right. So we don't have to, you know, pay for imports and all that. But still, I think it's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I would just like to see more support for esports going forward in the, mm-hmm. the younger parts of the United States, you know, for in, in these middle schools and high schools. And I think there is a little bit of a push for that right now, but it obviously isn't where it could possibly be like in Korea. Like it's Faker dropped out when he was in the eighth grade. He, oh, he, he did. He dropped out. He dropped out of high school when he was in the eighth grade. <laughs> I did so that not he know could that. Pursue League of Legends. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that's yeah, no, correct. And that's North crazy. America, that would be in North America. I would have loved to do that. Uh, not be, but yeah, exactly. <laughs> I would, I would love to be offered that opportunity. I that think awesome. just because of that stigma that video games have, like it's just treated completely Especially differently in between the, the two regions. Yeah, it's just like you're playing video games, you're wasting your time. So thinking about someone dropping out of school mm-hmm. at eighth grade to play video games is ridiculous. It, it sounds ridiculous, but like honestly, I wish we would do more yeah more more to facilitate stuff like that here in the u.s and just in the world in general because like i feel like if and and i if i had an esports team in middle school or high school i wouldn't be allowed to be on it because my parents would absolutely forbid me to do it because of what we were talking about the stigma behind video games and and, and american culture whereas like korea is like oh you want to drop out to pa be a pro gamer you're you're really really good like you're you're a solo queue menace okay okay well what what do you need what what do we have to do to help you (laughs) accomplish this goal we're in the u.s it's like um no (laughs) and it really doesn't make sense because like there's money to be had in these things absolutely it's a growing (laughs) environment exactly Mm -hmm. it's a huge video game industry that's going to keep growing more and more Mm -hmm. and it's like these players are sought after yeah yeah these players are absolutely sought after um but do we have any more thoughts on on anything there about the lck spending big for worlds and what that means for the for the for north america i think we need to step our game up yeah (laughs) you know what there we go we do need to step our game up. <laughs> I think I think we are stepping our game. I I think yeah, the funny sure. thing is this year so so 2022's LCS rosters were like infamously expensive because Worlds was in North America. All of these organizations wanted big brand money coming in, cha-ching, have have their players shown on the big screen all over the US. Um so yeah. they spent a lot of money a lot for of it. Theatrics. But obviously, a lot of these rosters didn't look terribly competitive. 
Um, especially towards the lower end. These rosters looked like they didn't even try and they didn't care. Um, but going into 2023, these rosters looking they're, they're looking really, really good. And I think uh, I will probably uh, take some time at some other point, maybe do like a miniature uh, video. I actually meant to talk to you guys about this, uh, where we, we, we take like a like 30 minutes and we power rank the LCS teams at, at some point. Or maybe I'll sit That'd down and do it in the next time episode idea yeah i would love to be able to do that with you guys at some point uh because i do think that this year's lcs rosters look a lot more competitive than last year's even towards the bottom end even towards like Mm -hmm. immortals and uh, and last year's like comparatively to last year's dignitas i think these teams look a lot more competitive gotcha um but moving forward we have another piece of lck news which is going to revolve around the greatest of all time himself faker now, Faker did go into free agency. <laughs> His contract was up with T1 uh, after this year. And, I mean, people were trying to spread rumors about Faker. Oh, Faker might be looking at North America. Faker's looking at offers from other teams. Faker this, Faker that. I don't think, I, I mean, anybody who knows <laughs> this, this this atmosphere, this world, like this this player and this organization, I don't think anybody was really concerned about Faker leaving, right? And mm-hmm. all those people who are trying to come up with these crazy rumors, they all got silenced because Faker re-signs with T1 for three more glorious years, guys. Yes, sir. Nice. With that being said, though, there is a conversation to be had because Faker is a 26-year-old man who has not done his, mil- his mandatory military service in Korea yet. And because of that, he's he's kind of running out of time to do it. My boy's been grinding. He has he, more important grinding. things. He's got more important things to do <laughs> than serve the military. Um, exactly. But it, it does bring up the conversation, whereas if he's signing with T1 for three years, when is he going to do this military service, right? Um, and I the, the quick answer to that is uh, Faker's just going to win the Asian Games. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the quick answer. And and for those listening who don't know what the Asian Games is, is that the Asian Games is basically like a mini Olympics where uh, Eastern Asian tea, uh, uh, Asian countries essentially come together and they play like their their own miniature Olympics and they compete against each other. And the winner of the Asian Games, uh, at least if if Korea wins, those uh, athletes. Are they become exempt from their mandatory military service because you can be there are certain like um exemptions. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna use the I'd same say, word. Yeah, there's certain laws exemptions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Man. There there's an exemption Being where it's considered like, an athlete. Exactly. Uh, if you are um somebody who I'm trying to remember exactly the wording for it, but it's like if you enhance the country's prestige in some way shape or form you can become exempt from the military service um Mm -hmm. faker winning the asian games would absolutely be prestigious um it because apparently his three worlds trophies is not prestigious enough (laughs) what else does a man have to do (laughs) (laughs) with that being said there is going to be like a question about who's going to be joining faker on this team because i'm pretty sure it is very much like hey everyone there, people are talking about like who's going to be on this Korean team this year because esports is kind of new to the to the Asian Games, and it's like who do we think is going to represent Korea? And it's like, well, Faker, duh, Faker's going to have to be on that team, right? Yeah. There, there's no question about who you're going to put on that team instead of Faker. Right. 
Put respect on his name. Yeah, put respect mm-hmm. on his name. He's going to the Asian Games. I don't think anybody else is more deserving than him. And then there's uh, there's obviously going to be a conversation for, like, top jungle AD and, and support. Although I have heard yeah. that, like, oh, there's a really good chance that Deft may be the uh, uh, the South Korean uh, AD, carry, AD carry going into the Asian Games. That'd be so awesome seeing that. That'd be awesome, game. yeah. It would be really cool to see. <laughs> I'm wearing my Deft just... jersey right now. <laughs> oh, my God. Against each other. You told me about that. Yeah, it's actually sick. The D- I, I, I got, um, for those listening, I got a DRX jersey uh, literally right after they won Worlds because I've decided that from now on, uh, whenever a team wins Worlds, I'm going to buy their jersey and I'm going to put it in, uh, put it in a case. I'm going to put it up on the wall. Always been a fan. Th- this, time, this time I'm wearing the jersey. Uh, I, I was following DRX since play-ins, but yeah, like, no, I, I, didn't, I honestly didn't have any faith in them. I'm not going to lie. I had zero faith in them going into the finals. I had zero faith going I into the semis, into the quarters uh, at all. I kind of wrote them off too. Like, I fully expected T1 to win, but they played so well. The meta fit DRX real well. They did. It did, and it's going to be interesting coming into the next uh, LCK season, where you see a bunch of these players. Like, I think specifically, I think Kingin and Kingin and Zeka are going to kind of have like chips on their shoulder, where it's going to be like. First of all, all of these really great mid laners, Faker, Showmaker, Chovy, all these guys, they're going to be looking at these, like, they're, they're going to be looking at Zeka and be like, is this kid even really that good? Or did the meta just mm-hmm. suit him really well? Is he really that good of a player? Or was he just really good at Silas and Akali? And because of that, he was able to win. And, and the same conversation is being had about Kingen, which is like, is this guy actually that good of a top laner? Or is he just yeah. really good at Aatrox and, and they just drafted poorly in the in the finals, <laughs> right? And that's going to make for a very interesting storyline going thing. into the uh, going into the LCK Spring Split. Mm-hmm. Uh, but moving on to the next team chat topic, uh, this is something of a little bit of a controversy. So, 100 Thieves announced their coaching staff, and among their coaching staff, an ex-player known as uh, Nuke Duck was listed as one of the coaches for the 100 Thieves LCS team. Now. This conversation gets had, I think, every single time a player who has had a history with toxicity is brought into a competitive roster where it's, hey, wasn't this guy kind of an asshole in the past? And Nuke Duck is another example of this, unfortunately. And in the past, we've had like Jensen and Svenskeren and some of these other big names who have like maybe not said or done great things, but still played the game and, and got on rosters and now are maybe household League of Legends names. Nuke Duck is another example of this. And back in 2014, he actually got banned from competitive play because of some of the comments that he was making, uh, which included racism, bigotry, and a lot of anti-Semitism. And, and very, Ooh, and very intensely. I, red flags. He, he said, um, "I'm not. I'm actually. I don't even. I don't feel comfortable actually even <laughs> saying it." But he said yeah, uh, so, some some very questionable things back in 2014. Since then, he has played professionally and he has still been in the League of Legends scene. But to see him brought into a major team in the LCS as a in in like a head coach position is a little bit questionable, and it did start some controversy online. So it this this is going to be the conversation I'm going to put out here for us, which is going to be what should the statutes of limitations be for this kind of toxicity and competitive League of Legends play? Because there there obviously 
Nuke Duck is not the same person that he was in 2014. It has been a long time since then. But at the same time, yeah. it's like there there is a reputation there. Obviously, there's still a reputation there if people are still upset about this and talking about it. I personally don't understand the mentality that would be had after um, being in a situation of like being a bigot and being racist and being toxic towards people like that. Like, I don't know what your mental is afterwards being like reformed and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But like, I guess some amount of limitation does need to be set because, you know, these are some heavy topics. It's not like, oh, this guy was flaming somebody really bad and just saying like really rude things to people and like all chat or whatever during games or like certain things towards specific players. But like, these are some pretty heavy topics like racism and <laughs> anti-semitism like that's that's huge so i feel like you know a filter should be used as in like maybe look at other options before this like is this really the best option that we have available to us right now kind of deal before picking a coach but i mean if that's who they feel and that's who they trust because you said you know x player and whatnot I mean, it's it's a choice that was made. Yeah, yeah. It, it is, is one of the choices ever made. <laughs> yeah, of the choices, it is one. It is one of them. Um, I guess my question going into this is: Has Nuke Duck shown signs of reformation? Kind of like, I guess we can put in this situation like Tyler won. Everybody knows that situation. He did For apologize. Tyler one was indefinitely been. I, he did apologize. When he, was this? He did apologize. I mean, he he. I mean, obviously, he, he got fired from the organization that he was working for. So yeah. he did. He 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 posted like a public apology. Although I I believe, if I remember correctly, um, his wording wasn't exactly uh great either for when he apologized. Um, but I think it was kind of a sitting in front of a camera deal and no, you know, it, come on, it, read the lines. Yeah, no, it def it was the. The issue is that the apology was definitely in his own words, but the way that he, uh, the way that he phrased it was, I, I, I believe, if I remember correctly, still poor. It was still a poor gotcha. way to phrase it. Um, but I mean, he has like he has definitely been reformed since he's been playing competitively. I believe for the last couple of years, um, and and there there is a there 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 is like he has he's definitely a different person than when he was in two thousand and fourteen, right? Obviously. And that's why I wanted this conversation to be like, what should the statutes of libertations be for something like this? Like, at what point is it like, this is too much. We can't, we cannot condone having a person like this on our roster, on our team, in in any way, shape, or form, regardless of of who he has been in the last six years. It's the fact that X amount of time ago, you were this person that is it still going, is it still relevant to affect your life today? Because I know for me personally, and I am going to take a little bit of the devil's advocate argument here. I was not the greatest person playing League of Legends two or three years ago. All right. Uh, <laughs> I'm not the greatest person playing League of Same Legends here. right now. Right. But I, I, I am obviously not using racial slurs and, and bigotry in my games or anything like that, but I was definitely not the greatest person. I've been chat restricted only once in my entire League of Legends career, and after that time, I've, I I never did it ever again, and 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 I I have since stopped. I've become more sensitive and more emotionally 
uh, more more emotionally mature in myself, and I've I've since like cut all of those sorts of ties off as far as my own personality in, 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 in as far as my own personality going forward. I the person I am today was not the person who I was three years ago, two years ago playing this game, and uh, I'm not gonna lie, two years ago me probably would have called me a pussy for 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 being like this today, and I and I wouldn't care. Because I think I'm a better person for it, and I think that I've grown as an individual, and I wouldn't have wanted my mistakes two or three years ago to hold me back from from the person that I know that I've matured into today. Yeah, I think everybody is like that, like growing. Yeah. I think everybody deserves a chance for sure. Um, yeah, I think at the point where it becomes harmful to the organization, like where you have a where you have such a big reputation for being toxic, like. Old Tyler one, if you guys are around, uh, if yeah. you guys followed him back then. Uh, I think that, of course, it becomes harmful then. But then, you know, as we see, he's able to reform and obviously is on good ties with League right now, with Riot right now. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I'm not sure very many people are able to come back from that. Like, it's hard to say because he was extremely toxic. Yes. Um, I think limitations, of course, like maybe for an organization when it becomes harmful to their brand. Like, personally, I didn't know a lot about Nuke Duck. I just read his apology, and I see exactly what you mean. Yeah. Um, I did not know he was a very toxic person. Like, I've heard the name before. I did not know he was a very toxic person. So I have. it's hard for me to say I have an opinion on this. Um, I mean, obviously, bad opinion. But in terms of limitations, I, I, it's hard to say. I think that that's fair. I think it, it 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 does come down to like a person to person case. I don't think that it's gonna be like okay, well you apologized two years ago, therefore yeah, yeah. Uh, you should be clear to play now. It, it definitely is like what was what what level of sincerity is there? What level of maturity is there now? Like how have you changed it as, as a person? Did you actually change, yeah, or yeah. are you trying to save face? Right, that is extraordinarily yeah. important to situations like that. Yeah, it's like basically around what I was trying to say my question of what's the mentality afterwards like oh after you've been caught after you've been banned like are you just a sleeper agent waiting <laughs> in fucking eight years waiting to be racist <laughs> oh, again no. the one just, the pro the one just explodes under the scene exactly like oh, that no. that's why i don't know the mentality afterwards right. so <laughs> yeah it's really just up to seeing how it goes like you know you're taking a gamble mm-hmm yeah, it's like, what if all of a sudden they erupt into being this awful human being once again because they're back in this position of power that they were in after they've been yeah. quieted down and humbled? Yes, it takes a lot of trust from the organization's part for sure because they're putting oh, a yeah, lot on definitely. this. Yeah. Well, I, I, yeah, I mean, I think we said all that we can really say about this topic. I think it does come yeah. down to like. It is based on the person, it's based on the situation, and it does also come down final choice of the organization. Personally, as for Nuke Duck in particular, um, I don't know. I mean, I'm going to say I am excited for the 100 Thieves roster. These players are exciting to watch, and I think 100 Thieves has a a pretty poor history at, for as far as their organization's mentality competitively. Where people are calling them a sweatshirt org. They don't really care. They're here for the money. 
they, they, they want more reputation than they want actual wins and trophies in their case, which I think may be a bit disingenuous to the organization. Build a brand. Yeah, they, it feels more like they want to build a brand than they want to win a championship. And I, I think maybe perhaps in the past that could have been true, but this year... I, I, I don't want to have a partic- I don't want to have a negative take for the roster. I am excited to see this roster. I'm excited to see double lift and Bjergsen on the same team again, and for I'm excited sure. to see uh, sure, Tenacity yeah. and uh, Busio play in the LCS because I think they're more than well deserving to do it. Um, I I I mean. I mean, if I'm just being honest, I am a bit lukewarm about the whole Nuke Duck thing. I think I would have preferred seeing maybe even retaining Papa Smithy or or even bringing somebody else on. I mean, and I'll, I'll talk about this in the FF segment, but like Yamato, Yamato Cannon is available, guys. Yamato got, got dropped by Fnatic after two years on that team, so he, he should be, he, he's available. Uh, is, is Nuke Duck really the best option that we have here, or, or is there another coach that we may have overlooked? Agreed. Mm-hmm. What makes this one so special? Yeah. Uh, but moving on, uh, another bit of drama has also occurred in the LCS. Uh, unfortunately, with an- yet another organization in the LCS. Um, so, Evil Geniuses, the previous spring split victors, uh, had a little bit of an issue. Uh, come out, I think, two or three days, uh, as of this recording, two or three days ago, uh, where some DMs supposedly got leaked from, uh, I believe it was Danny's sister and somebody else. I believe it was, it was, um, I don't, I don't exactly remember who the DMs were between, but it was a DM from Danny's sister or his family in, in, in some way, shape or form. And essentially the TLDR for this, uh, DM was that, Evil Geniuses as an organization was not handling Danny's sensitive mental state very well, and that they uh, worked them too hard potentially, and ignored their uh, their anxiety and and whatever other issues that they are going through, to the point where one of Danny's laning coaches brought this issue to the LCSPA, which is the uh, uh, LCS Players Association, which is not associated with Riot in any way, which is mm-hmm. a pretty big, which which is something that I think is important is that players should unionize, but that's a different topic. Um, basically, this this coach brought it to the LCSPA's attention, and when this was found out by Evil Geniuses, they fired the coach, and then Danny was oh. essentially forced to play the rest of the summer split up until the uh, semifinals when Kaori took over and Danny gotcha. was finally given uh, a breather. Like that makes it better. Uh, since mm. the, since the quote unquote leak of this uh, DM, the CEO of evil geniuses has come out and made a public statement about this saying that these, uh, these, uh, the, the, that this is unfounded, that there is no evidence to prove this, that we absolutely did not do anything about this, and that this organization cares about the the team, cares about the players, and everything that has to do with them, mental state, emotional state, physical state, everything that, that these players are going through, Evil Geniuses cares about. And not a lot of information has come up since. It's been a couple of days of quiet now, and I think the the issue is that until really until Danny himself comes out and says something about it, I don't know if we'll ever get a 
an absolutely clear answer as to whether or not these these leaked DMs were real, and and whose mm-hmm. side is is actually like right and true, right? There 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 is no concrete evidence. There it is all essentially hearsay at this moment. Yeah, I I think it was very well handled by the landing coach going to the sources needed to go to to be able to take care of that issue since the org, their org themselves were not <laughs> handling it the yes. way they needed to. Yeah, that is crazy. It, it, but that, the that, way that you said that they just fired the coach and forced Danny to continue playing. Not like forced, but just expected yeah. Danny to keep playing, essentially. It doesn't fix the issue that, like, hey, I still went through this bad time and need time to process and heal from what just happened, you know? Yeah. Keeping in and, mind that this is all hearsay still. Like this has not yet been confirmed right, right. on either side. If this is the okay. if this is the reality, if the DM is true, then I a hundred percent agree with you. This was handled the yeah. way that it should have been by the by the laning coach and then subsequently poorly by the rest of evil geniuses, but we are Absolutely. still in up in the air on whether or not this is actually true. Yeah, let's say speaking to the DM yeah. that the situation uh yeah. That's all I had to say. Micro, do you have any thoughts? Uh, not really. Okay, that's fine. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely interesting. Uh, it's weird because it, Evil Geniuses has never really felt like an organization to disrespect their players. I I don't think. Um, I mean, since their since since they were founded, which I I think they're relatively. They're not like a super young company, but like uh, organization, I should say. But like, relatively new on the scene. They they don't have a history of of of, of controversy yeah. like this, right? Yeah. Which is which is interesting, and and it feels like an interesting thing to have happen, like kind of randomly right now in the preseason, when I feel like if this was an issue that wanted to be investigated maybe potentially towards the end or even at the beginning of this issue when like the, 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 in terms of the timeline of when this DM would have occurred, like when that landing yeah, coach got fired, why didn't we hear well anything about up. it? I feel like we would have heard yeah. something about that. Right. That's true. Um, and it's like when I like Danny is a fairly private person, but at the same time, like I, I, I think it was pr- relatively apparent during the summer split that Danny was not having a great time. I, I and I I don't know. I'm just I'm so conflicted because I I fell in love with Evil Geniuses these, this last year, so I want to say that the the organization probably like probably this means nothing. But I mean, until we actually hear from Danny himself, I I'm I'm just I'm stuck. In this weird limbo where I want to support Evil Geniuses because I their their organization is cool and they did really well and up until this point there has been nothing but positive things to be said about the organization. But if the if these DMs are true, I'm I'm gonna be heartbroken. Not just not just because like I'm losing an org, but like I'm gonna be heartbroken for Danny. I'm gonna be heartbroken for the players and the family and, and everybody, yeah, everybody who, and, and the laning coach. And it just mm-hmm. it, it just it seems like a really shitty situation and. And I hope it gets resolved and cleared up soon. My heart goes out to Danny, by the way, who I, I hope is hope Agreed. is is you know taking some time to himself and relaxing. 
Um, but on a more positive note, because <laughs> we did just talk about two kind of heavy topics. Um, let, let's yeah, go yeah. a little bit more positive here. Um, team Liquid's new jungler was officially announced. Their entire team was officially announced, but, but the big question mark up in the air was who is the jungler going to be for this team? Now, the confirmed parts that we had were Harry, Yon, Core JJ were going to definitely be on the team. Uh, Harry and Yon were um, uh, promoted from the academy team, and then Core JJ is staying as kind of like the core. Uh, funny joke. Um, no. But <laughs> uh, the question marks were like, oh, who's the top player going to be? It was then uh, a little bit later released that it's going to be, oh, Summit's going to be coming back to North America, the previous Spring Split MVP, and an extraordinarily talented player in general. And the big question mark was who is this jungler going to be? And as of the, the recording of right now, uh, it was released yesterday that the jungler is none other than Piosic, the current reigning world champion jungler from DRX, which is very exciting to me, at least guys, do you have any thoughts about this? Piosic to North America. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, I North America's person. gonna miss more objectives. No, I'm just kidding. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. No, it's gonna be fun the though. I love this roster. Yeah, I don't really have any thoughts on that. I don't follow LCS all that much, but hopefully they can dig deep into their pockets and get the players that they need to hopefully win. Mm-hmm. I personally am a huge fan of the uh of team liquid just in general i really enjoy the organization and their uh philosophy that they have around winning uh which uh sometimes does boil down to just throw money at it and hopefully you win uh but at the same time they they are (laughs) (laughs) they are dedicated to building competitive rosters at the end of the day and it is not the it is definitely the intention of wanting to win right 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 they know where the talent is so they spend the money that's necessary to get it but they also put thought into like the team building of course yes um the the, the interesting thing about they this just particular have to get the best talent for their yeah roles. absolutely the interesting thing about this roster is that it is a full korean speaking roster and i know i talked about it a little bit last week and it is going to be basically one of the most um probably probably one of the uh, the most talked about topics throughout the season is that every single one of these players is korean speaking uh three of which have been in the actual lck uh and two of which are are previous world champions and it's going to boil down to the korean philosophy and lifestyle of playing League of Legends and playing competitively versus the North American uh, philosophy. And um, the uh, another content creator for League of Legends, David, I uh, cannot pronounce his last name. Please forgive me. Um, he has dubbed this the uh, North American Civil War, um, which is North Owie. American philosophy around roster building and playing the game versus the Korean philosophy, which is represented by uh, Team Liquid and I think FlyQuest. Yeah, FlyQuest. Um, and, and, and with that being said, but the, the two rosters that I am most excited for going into this next split is Team Liquid and FlyQuest. These two primarily Korean-speaking rosters are the most exciting teams to watch, in my opinion. 
uh, coming up here, and I think are do unironically have, at least on paper, the best chance at winning the 2023 LCS spring split. Who would have thought, huh? And that, then that's not any disrespect. I, I do. I think. Okay. I think maybe the way that I worded it was poor, but the top half of the league is extraordinarily competitive this year. I actually think that every single team has a half decent chance of actually taking the split with maybe an exception for like TSM. I think TSM is the only team that I'm really kind of like eh, on. I, even Immortals, I'm like cautiously excited about because I think they have a very high competitive ceiling. But maybe the, the I, I do still think that like, you, you know what? I'll actually save all my thoughts and I will do that power ranking at some point this week. I will do a, an LCS full mm-hmm. power ranking video uh, and the I'll put that out brimming. there. I will. I'll, 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 I'll do an episode for that. Um, yeah, I was saying, yeah, you, you're speaking just statistically in in players, like, between those two teams that they have the highest likelihood of winning. They have extraordinarily talented players. Like, it just, it just makes sense. <laughs> like, I mean, no disrespect to these to, to some of these players on the other teams. Like, I would love to see CLG win <laughs> LCS and go, and go to MSI, but I think most realistically... It is going to come down to FlyQuest and, and Team Liquid as one at least one of them contending for the title uh, against like Cloud9 and Evil Geniuses and 100 Thieves and Dignitas, actually, like ironically enough. <sighs> but it is interesting. Piosic to Team Liquid. I'm very excited for this. I'm happy to see Piosic in the league. I think Piosic is a very yeah. fun player. I think he's an entertaining player to watch. He's obviously very team driven and oriented at least as as somebody who consumed a lot of drx content towards the back half of worlds po6 seems like in a lot of ways the heart and soul of the team where he was always <laughs> giggling and laughing and talking with guy with, with the guys and doing silly stuff with them and, and just all around having a good time tl's like posting stuff on their social media like the the, the boys were all watching the world cup and stuff when uh south korea was playing and and you just see all of them like huddled together watching uh, watching on a TV, and it's very cute, and I'm excited to see. I'm excited to see T Liquid uh, content. I hope they. I hope they hit us with a lot of content this year. I think they have a lot of good content that they can do with this roster in terms of yeah. like, uh, oh, like Summit returning, and then Piosic, who's brand new, and then Core JJ, who's been here for a while, and then two North American natives, and being like, okay, guys, let's go experience North American culture, right? I think there's a lot to be done here with this organization content wise competitively and i'm just i'm absolutely ecstatic about them in uh, going into the future yeah it's gonna be all eyes on them like especially with the way that their team is structured Mm -hmm. but with that being said we are being brought to the very last topic for our team chat section which is going to for sure be the largest topic that we talk about it's gonna be patch notes it's patch notes baby it's patch notes time i fucking love patch notes these guys know that i love patch notes i sit down and i read this shit oh my god this is the best part of my day all right guys patch notes 12.23 buffs and nerfs the final patch this is the last patch that we're getting before the season starts okay oh god yeah, I know. Oh, God is I'm not ready. That's fair. I'm That's not valid. ready. That's valid. This, th- th- that reaction, yeah. I get it. I Honestly, I'm right there with you. <laughs> All right, guys. I can take a swig of water. We're going to get into these patch notes. 
So we all have them pulled up here. Yes, sir. <sighs> so I think at, at first glance, the big thing that I think a lot of people pointed out was that a lot of tanks are getting buffed. Right, a lot of tanks are getting yes. a, li- a little bit of a, a poke smiley in face in the stronger, uh, stronger smiley. area. The um, colon parentheses. <laughs> <laughs> so honestly, let's just go down the notes, right? So uh, right here, starting at the very top for us, uh, we have Scion is getting a bit of a buff. Yeah, not in alphabetical order. Not in alphabetical Full order lift. at all. It's fine. It's yeah, whatever. not on the page that we're using. Uh, uh, but Scion is getting some buffs. Uh, the base stats, mana is going up by 70 from 330 to 400. Mana growth is going from 42 to 52. And then his Q is going in, uh, up in damage by about 10 damage per level. Um, You'll be able what? to stay in lane longer and clear ways more. Yep. Love to see this for Scion. Thumbs up for me. I, yep. I do think it's interesting, though, because I, I, I don't think that this is necessarily a bad change. I actually, you know what? You know what? I'll, I'll talk about it at the end of, of, of these buffs because I have a couple of thoughts just going forward. Uh, but that's that's going to be the Scion change. Um, honestly, I think Scion is really strong, but I, I I can see why his win rate might be a little bit underwhelming considering all of the people who are trying very hard to be the boss and just not <laughs> yeah not doing it he has on there's, players there's is a crazy way of execution to it, it or not. I don't know yeah it's like proxying unsinged you can you have to do it a certain way yeah it's not just do it and it works <laughs> yeah all right, moving on, the next change is going to happen to Cho'Gath. His passive is going to have the mana restore uh, increased. Uh, his W is going to have damage increased. And then his R is going to have cooldown decrease with levels. <clears throat> okay. Uh, thumbs up for me. I haven't seen Cho'Gath too much recently, so it's hard to say is, how yeah, I feel about him in the meta at the moment. But I think it's good. This is a pretty strong buff. I feel like it entice more people to play him. Maybe yeah. even more jungle with the scaling on the R. Oh man, more sure. cooldown, more frequent eating. <laughs> Walk into someone's lane, dude. Twelve hundred <laughs> true damage. Chaport. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> Chogas support with Predator. That's what I'm seeing right here. Oh god. I'm gonna run up in that That'd bitch real fast. <laughs> I'd like to see it. Um, uh, moving on, the next change is going to happen to Amumu. Uh, his base health growth is being increased from 89 to 100. His Q, the bandage toss, uh, is going to have the mana cost increased. Am I reading that right? Yeah. The, the mana yeah. cost yeah, by is 10 increased every, every by level. 10 at every level. Uh, and then what is happening to despair here? Damage per second. Uh... Looks like it's scaling the, the percent of HP. Yeah, the max higher, HP yes. scaling is is going up. So more damage and on then the his max e HP. Is getting more damage as well. Okay. okay. Gotcha. So more clear speed, more. Takes away strength from his. I'd team, say scaling more... damage. Yeah, more scaling damage, a little less early damage. I'm happy to see this because I think that Amumu is kind of uh, a terror in the support role. A, a little bit. I, I do especially think that, yeah, you. they're shifting strength from it. Yeah. It's a good yeah. change. I think this is a good change to get him back in the jungle because I do think that he's a strong support right now and that this is definitely going to help him jungle better. And that's what I care about is just not seeing this champion bot lane except for when he's ganking. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Smile. <laughs> Still in parentheses. <laughs> uh, moving on, we have Shadow Kane, uh, the Darkened Scythe. Uh, his passive, the uh, damage is increasing. And then his E Shadow Sap, the heal ratio is increasing with bonus AD as well. This good changes. Is I, I think nuts. Yeah, you think so? That oh. damage buff is crazy. That's true. At max rank, it is a ten percent. Da- it is is a lot of damage. So so on. they made Kane very consistent in between his two forms with the way that like Rost has been a permanent figure in the meta for like a good five patches, and like I'm sure he continues to be played now pretty consistently and dominates the jungle and they're even balancing out the other form of him where like you would never really play shadow Kane, not that i'd see recently yeah, that you'd see it in only normal games right so i think they, they'd want to try and bring shadow Kane back into the meta with these buffs yeah. maybe give I him like some more more like more variance against his uh, the tanks with all the more all the defensive items that are in the meta now. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I'm I'm there with you. I think. I mean, I just think assassins all as as a whole did suffer when the durability patch came out, and that they is, have since fixed a lot Never of it. Recovered. Well, I mean, I think I think they've somewhat recovered. I I do I think yeah, like between for instance, individual like, champions, I would agree. Yeah, Akali is obviously still very strong, and I think Zed is also extraordinarily strong right now. Um, so I, I do think assassins a lot at least have found places in the meta. I do. I've always been on the side of Shadow Kane feeling a bit weak, though. I've always felt like Shadow Kane has been lacking something that other assassins already just all have so maybe this will be yeah. it maybe this will be it um do either of you want to read going forward actually do either of you sure. want to take a, a turn reading some of the patch notes micro yeah i can go for maokai um maokai's passive uh where he heals on hit uh for that that one auto uh, going up by two percent at at the highest level uh, his Q damage is going up against monsters. Looks like 40 extra damage against monsters. Um, and the base damage is going up in general. Fuck this champion. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but fuck I'm this champion. No because, no, because when Maokai is strong, the game feels it's so It's a really absurd. weird and boring meta. Oh, I hate when Maokai is strong, man. This champion is so... That's well, an like, all-around buff. So here you go. So obscene. <laughs> it's just so obscene when this champion is strong. I don't. I, yeah, if he's I left alone for a little bit until six and like has a decent he's item, he dominates so pretty hard. Like he'll just turn off a carry. It's pretty disgusting. Yeah. <sighs> um, I know you guys aren't as probably as happy with these changes. I think it's all right. Um. I just doesn't feel like he does enough damage right now, but that's out of experience. Do <laughs> you know what? Yeah, maybe I don't want to live in a world where Maokai does more damage. <laughs> I don't want to live in a world where Maokai one shot. Do not bring me back, brother. Do not bring me back to the Imperial Mandate days. Those no, were not, please. That was no, please fun. no. Imperial I don't. Man. I don't want to have to play Maokai every game. I would really prefer not to. Every ability is CC. Uh. <laughs> 
Speaking of, we have Zach. <laughs> yeah. Uh oh. His passive spell division looks like the healing on it based on the R rank is going up. His Q stretching strikes, the cooldown is going down at all ranks by one second, it looks. And the damage of his Q will be staying the same for the base damage throughout the levels, but the max uh, percentage of Zach's health will go up by 2%. Uh, and then, yeah, how do we feel about uh, that? I was recently terrorized by a Zach in an ARAM game. Yeah, who got, I like, agree. <laughs> I was recently got, terrorized like, by Zach a in a skill. normal game. I think so, the like, last time we all played against Zach was a very awful time. I hated it. Yeah. Jungle, I'm pretty sure. He He's such a good champion. He provides a lot for his team. But I, like, yeah. I don't know how I feel about these. I okay. mixed feelings for me. What, what, what I'll say is this: I think when Zach is prevalent in the meta, it makes for really, really good, for a really interesting and fun professional play viewing experience. This is true, but it makes my solo queue experience so miserable when this champion is strong. Like I, I think Zach is super cool. I think desi champion design-wise, super cool. I Big guess the up. same can be said for Maokai as well, right? I think this actually... I think these two pair well together for my for, for what I'm going to say. I, I hate when these champions do a lot of damage and are just generally strong because it feels so, like, impossible to do anything against them. I mean, and this is yeah. coming from a place of being, like, in 90% of scenarios, I am an immobile support who has to deal with these champions or else my team dies. And I, it, it is so frustrating to try and stop a Maokai and Zac from just running directly at you. Agreed. Mm -hmm. Like, you want to not get demolished by Zac? <laughs> Dodge his E. Oh, you dodge the E. Now dodge the Q. Oh, better pray he doesn't have ultimate up. Oh, you wanted to kill him in between that? He probably has passive. <laughs> it feels. Bad. Well, also healing all of the damage that he takes from his own abilities back plus more. <laughs> Lastly, on the list for buffs, I believe that we still have the nerfs to get yes. into. Yes. Is Malphite. We have his W. Thunderclap, the on-hit damage, uh, is going to stay the same for the base levels, but the percentage that he gains for the AP and the armor, it looks like, is going up 5%. Um, his cone damage from the W will be going up 5 for the base damage between all levels, and 10% for the armor that he, percentage that he gains. Um... In the E ground slam, the damage will go up a lot between all of the levels. It's different uh, damage values yeah. been scaling. And then the percentage from the armor that he gains will go up 10% as well. The 50% HP scaling will stay the same. Okay. And um, that's all the buffs. How do we feel about that? Malphite specifically first, if we have any thoughts. So... The way that I feel about Malphite 
is the Press exact off. opposite of how I feel about Zach and Maokai. I fucking love when this champion is strong. <laughs> I feel like they have very similar play styles. He's so hyped to watch. I, I, he's dude. so even in our own funny. Games. No, because like when it's Zach brutal. leaps over a wall and he like CCs me for 30 years, I'm annoyed. When Malphite ults me, I'm like, oh, what are you going to do? It's his only useful ability. Whoops. Yeah, you see this there. And just right. three damage. Going to four in this I game. would agree if I didn't get one shot. <laughs> no, you're the ADC. After him using him. <laughs> He's the ADC player. I completely understand. I would agree to that. <laughs> Oh my god! I love when Malphite is strong. I think he's funny as fuck to watch. So I, I, I'm not even, I'm not even mad. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not even mad. <laughs> Maybe I should be, but I'm not even mad. Uh, moving on. Yeah. So- overall tank buffs. I personally, I mean, I guess I don't understand the mindset behind it. Maybe there's something I'm not understanding. Um, but. I don't know. The game seems pretty top dominant so far. I'm assuming that's what they're trying to go for, and they're trying to fill out the environment for it and see how people feel moving forward. But seeing as how this is going to be the last patch that we get before the official season starts, it's looking kind of grim as for like the funness. Because I, I haven't been playing 5v5. I... I've just been playing, like, you know, twos, threes. Haven't been playing solo, like, at all. But it, it's just very top lane dominant, and it feels very unplayable from, like, a, a solo lane losing, playing from behind perspective. I agree. I mean, um, the way that I feel about this is, like, I agree that tanks should be more important. I absolutely entirely disagree with their wanting to make tanks a damage source because the complaint is like oh i'm a tank and i can't deal enough damage to deal with the 80 carries like you're not you're you're not supposed to deal damage to deal with the 80 carry you're supposed to like hold them in place so that your team can deal the damage like you're not the, the 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 purpose of your champion is not to kill someone the purpose of your champion is to help your team kill someone and a lot of the time, I'm watching tanks just be carries instead. And that's that's my philosophy around it. So if I were exactly. to change anything, it's just like, I'm okay with like cooldowns going down. I'm okay with like maybe scaling, increasing at, at certain points. But like, I don't like straight up damage buffs. Straight up damage buffs make me a little, like, it feels bad that a tank is just going to get a straight-up damage buff for what, I mean, at least feels to me, like, no reason. Yeah, and it throws off the laning dynamic, too. Like, people just flat-out just doing more damage and just having to relearn matchups and stuff like that. Micro, did you have any thoughts about uh, tanks and, and, and these buffs that at least some of these specific tanks are getting? Um... Yeah, I kind of agree. It feels like it goes against the fantasy of what a tank is supposed to be, where they're supposed to soak damage, you know, help their team get kills. Um, I don't know. It doesn't feel too right to me where tanks can straight up just 1v3 right now. Uh, Like, I mean, maybe they should be able to survive a 1v3. I just don't think they should be able to kill all three of you. 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Which is what it feels like some of them are doing right now. Maybe not the ones that are getting buffed, but like it's hard to think of a few offenders right now. I but would I think, say a situation course, where uh, let, since saying, yeah. it, it's hard to say like a it, it depends on the ADC that should be able to 1v1 a tank. Um, some of them should, some of them shouldn't be able to. It, it's all to the fantasy of you know, like the, each of the champions. Um, it's hard to say I have an opinion on it. Because I I've been a I used to be a long time tank player I enjoy the changes but I I also agree flat damage buffs are kind of kind of irk me a little just because if it's harder to trade with them in lane I, just from like, coming from a top laner uh, perspective relearning those matchups were not it was not the best <laughs> especially when like the yeah, champions bad for one patch they come back a patch everybody's playing them you have to know the matchup yeah uh, it's and just, you're just getting destroyed out of nowhere. Yeah. Feels bad. That's all my thoughts on it. But yeah, I think situations like three or four people of your team are left in a team fight and a like a late TP from a top laner and like say <laughs> uh a karma or a Lulu are left alive, there's a good likelihood that you're about to get two V three to two V four really quick. <laughs> Like it, it. I feel like situations like that have been happening and are going. They to happen a little to too happen. much right now. Exactly, like a Cassante just coming in, one shotting your AD, destroying your jungler. Your <laughs> your support doesn't stand a chance because everybody else is dead. Tanks, man. What can be said? Tanks, dude. Yeah, that's not, I mean, that, that's it. That's it. soon. But yeah, I I agree <laughs> in the way that like they should be a lot more utility based with the way that the game is, especially with mid laners and bot laners and junglers still being a part of the game and like also having the potential to play carry roles. We don't need you also being a carry on top of having to deal with every other champion. Yeah, I agree. But, yep, that's going to be all of the buffs, uh, at least. I mean, I think some of there, – there are a few things that are going to happen later down in the patch notes that are going to be more like system changes and actual, like, flat-out buffs. But we'll get to those eventually. Next is going to be, like, the flat-out nerfs. So starting off with the nerfs is – oh, my God. Oh, yeah. You oh are strongly worried about this one. I read this one. I was like, oh, yeah. You Mage has some opinions. <laughs> Yumi is getting a nerf, guys. Thank yeah. God. Okay, her passive, her passive. All right, cooldown uh, is going from fourteen and six to eighteen and six, so it's increasing the cooldown at lower ranks. And then her ultimate is having the root duration decreased. This is not the problem with the champion. This like the the, the this is no. this is not the problem with the champion. The problem with the champion is the amount of damage that she provides to her team. The amount of AP scaling that she gets on her R and her Q is absurd. Is like the fact that Yumi can have top three damage in a game should not be allowed. Well, well, at at the same time, being like you cannot interact with her. That, that that should not be allowed. I I I am happy that Yumi is getting a nerf because it is more than well deserved. This champion is disgustingly overtuned. However, these are not the problems with her kit. You know, I just had a thought that maybe my theory of like being down uh one less person in bot lane because of playing you picking Yumi, that's kind of like the compromise. That you can't, and she's like so unplayable against that it it makes up for this fact. 
Yeah, I don't know. But... Maybe that's just my thought. I just don't want Yumi in the game, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. In the That's game. the point. <laughs> I feel like maybe a nerf to the range on her Q. Like, okay, yeah, I can get I would one like shot, that. but not from halfway across <laughs> my lane when I'm playing literally safe behind my You'll casters play safe. Just play, right just play now. safe, bro. Just play safe. Exactly. <laughs> <sighs> But that's my feeling about uh, that. No, I mean, also, maybe card. all of the healing. No, I actually think the healing is that? fine. I actually No, they didn't touch the healing, but I actually think her healing is fine. The healing takes an absurd amount of mana, and it is only the person that she's attached to, and it is tough to detach without getting like punished for it. I, I don't think her E is a problem. I... I I 100% stand with the fact that I think the problem is the damage ratios on her Q and her ultimate are just absurd. That's what I have a problem with. I think if they increase the slow on her Q, decrease the range, and decrease the damage, it would be perfectly fine. Gotcha. Micro, I'm going to give you this next one. one. I'm going to throw this next (laughs) one to you because this is a champion that you've been playing a lot. (laughs) Yeah, so Syndra. Syndra's getting there. Uh, The bonus damage on her W. Uh, I assume this is referring to when she gets her stacks and her W upgrades. Uh, is going down. Uh, it's scaling better with AP, but only by half a percent per hundred AP. But the bonus damage is just straight up, straight up going down a whole three percent. Um, in her E, the AP ratio on her E is going down, and the cooldown's going up two seconds. Um, fuck. It's okay. Though. <laughs> I don't think it's that bad of a nerf. It is a slap on the wrist for how much damage I'm doing because, like. It's fucking absurd. This champion's yes. crazy. Yes. And I completely understand why they're ner- nerfing her. Um, not being able to stun somebody every few seconds with the amount of CDR I get is going to be a little bit better for the game. <laughs> I agree. But... I actually think her scatter of the week is is just... I mean, obviously her AP is absurd, but like... The her fact range that, that she just... gets on it. The range and the fact that she gets it so frequently is, is just it's it's so oppressive. <laughs> it's so hard to pick her out with melee chance. <laughs> but yeah, that's all my opinions on it. It's it's eh. I hope they don't nerf her again, but it feels good. It, like I, I don't think it's that bad of her. Nice. Um, I'll uh, I'll take the next one actually because I think this is something that I I I, I do kind of want to talk about. Uh, so Mordekaiser is getting a little bit of a nerf here. It looks like it's going to be uh, Mordekaiser Jungle is getting a nerf, which honestly, thank God, Ooh. I think Mordekaiser Jungle is like really, really strong right now. And I think it, I think more Jungle being strong is good. I don't like it when he is it, where it feels like it's every jungle matchup is like Mordekaiser and Hecarim. And it's just like it's Mordekaiser versus Hecarim every game. And whichever one gets feds first wins. Um, so essentially his passive uh, instead of being procced on all monster hits, it is only large monster hits, which I think is a good change. And then the monster cap is going to be uh, 180 at all levels to 28 to 164 scaling per level. I think that this is a good change. I think I, I don't think it makes his jungling unplayable, which I think would be the issue that I would be scared of. Like... When Pike was being played jungle, when Silas was being played jungle, when Camille was being played jungle, when these champions were in that role, Riot's answer to nerfing them was just taking them out of that role entirely. And it doesn't look like that's what they're trying to do with Mordekaiser. It does look like they're trying to calm down how quickly and how uh, healthily he can farm. But I, I, I think that that's fine because I, do, I don't think that this is going to heavily impact his play style going forward. That's an interesting change. I could take the rest of them. 
So okay. next on the list is Shavana. Her E is getting changed flame breath on hit damage is going to from 3.5% of ma targets match HP to 3% of targets max HP. So just a small nerf on the E. I think that should apply to also like everything that she E's, including monsters, yes. champions. Yes. Mm -hmm. So that'll be an interesting small change for her. Uh, Trundle is next. I'm pretty glad about this one. His attack <laughs> speed is going from 0 0.67 to 0 0.60. I don't know how huge of a change that is, but it's it's a nerf. In percentage wise, change is almost 10% loss. And yeah, it's it's hopefully it'll like you know change his presence if being played jungle the most is what I've seen him played as, and it also changes his laning. For sure. Mm -hmm. um, next on it is his R. Subjugate. Base damage on target's max health will be going down. Uh, mostly in the second and third levels. Uh, this is also good. <laughs> I guess just put his damage down. He, has, he does just, in general, beat the shit out of a lot of people. But just because the, the, how that's the character that he is. is yeah. So, like lessening down on it a bit especially with the itemization that's been going around that like he's just getting more and more stats because of the <laughs> new items yeah and all of the stats that he's stealing from other characters mm -hmm. and fights it's kind of crazy uh the lastly for the nerfs is lilia's q her blooming blows is getting a huge 10 damage. Oh, I mean, the base damage from oh, it is going yeah. <laughs> 10 at early levels, but later we'll go from 30. So early Q damage, less in the late game. Good. So, I don't like Lily. Nerfs for champions. So I think it's interesting because I think the nerfs for, for these champions, at least for some of them, is also still working as a buff for tanks because I think four of perhaps the most prevalent anti-tank champions in the game received nerfs here, which in, which does include Mordekaiser, yes. Shivana, Trundle, and Lilia. These yep. four champions are all very good into tanks, and to see these four in particular get nerfs like this is I think still showing that Riot is pushing towards a tank top meta. I see it. I really do see it. My yeah. question is just why in the form of <laughs> killing everybody? Why does it have to be like this? Like what what was like one of the three new tank items that they added that actually did something for your team? And it was like interactive uh, and cool. Virtue, I think Radiant Virtue. Radiant Virtue. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why can't we get more of that? What I happened? Like that item <laughs> like, I, I think this? it's a really cool item. I've been building it support. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's really good on It's like, support build it. It's like, give us something unique to top lane that makes us relevant other than just killing people. Mm-hmm. We do that in all the other lanes. Why does why, why does Tank, yeah, exactly. why does tank yeah, do exactly. it too? Makes it unfun. 
But yeah, that's that's going to be the nerfs. Any other any other yeah. last thoughts for some of these nerfs? Uh, I guess I didn't feel the need to touch any of the other lanes. I mean, it it's it's interesting the way it is now, but we'll see how it is going forward. I I don't I I really have no thoughts on it now. <laughs> okay. Um, so moving forward, there are a couple of system buffs and nerfs going on here. A couple of changes that I think are rightfully being changed. Uh, the first one here being Sunfire Aegis is going to get a little bit of a change. Personally, I think it's weird. I think I actually do think that this after playing the game for like a week longer since the last podcast, it the Sunfire change I think is still good, but I do think that. It is a very important item for tanks where it's this is a lot of tank wave clear. Sunfire has been standing yeah, as like yeah. you buy you you build this item, you buy this item, and then it helps you push your lane. If you don't have access to this item, clearing the waves does feel pretty bad on most tanks. And the issue that I had with this item is that it is an armor only item. And because it is armor only, if you're if you're playing a game into like Kale, Elise, Silas, Ezreal, Karma, you're going to feel yeah, really bad building it. Sunfire, right? So what they're doing is that the combined cost, so after you've bought all the components, it's going down by 100. So instead of being uh, 1,000 gold, it's 900 gold. And the total cost of the item is going to go down by 100 gold as well. And then the health is going to be increased by uh, 100, so going from 400 to 500 health, which I actually think is a good change i think it, it is making it cheaper making it more accessible while still giving it like good stats just yeah giving it more bulk yeah i i think this is a good change i i i think this is well deserved for the item that has fell a little out of the meta uh since preseason flat out adding a stat to me. it yes over the item changing it in some ridiculous way yes yep thumbs up for me the other big change to an item is going to be Ravenous Hydra. <laughs> now, Ravenous Hydra has no. been, like, probably the most disgusting item in preseason, I would say. Everywhere. It is fucking everywhere. <laughs> and it is just so absurdly, like, it is so absurdly, like, like, bat, like it's balanced so badly. Um, but it looks like they're toning it down a little. Where the Omni Vamp from full stacks is going from 4% to 0%. And then the splash damage is going from 60 to 30% to 50 and 25%. I honestly think that it should not stack off of minions. And it should just stack yeah. off of champion kills and assists. Make it a dark seal for, for bruisers, man. Just, That's all you yeah, gotta just, do. Just make it a dark yeah. seal for bruisers. Because, like, the way a Zed can just first item build that come into my lane with, like, 250 AD one-shot me real quick because it's, like, nine minutes into the game. Not, not healthy, in my opinion. Yeah. The fact that Hecarim just kind of builds it and then inherently Farms does not die farm super fast. Like, yeah. the item synergizes... It just makes Hecarim all around better. 
Oh my god. Yeah, the the item synergizes so well with so many of these like bruisery champions and even assassins, where it's like yeah, dude, you know who I see build like like Samira is building this item. I've seen Neela build this item recently. I need to try A this. ton of assassins have been building this item. Twitch builds this item, and it's just like. It, it's it's too much. It's too much for for what they were trying to accomplish here. I appreciate the effort, but please try again. Try again, please. Yeah. Make it have know. some kind of interactability and like risk reward. Take away it stacking off of minions. Honestly, bring back just bring back cleave, dude. Just just bring back the the activated cleave damage. Fuck this whole like every auto attack is is, is a TMAC proc on or or take off the on hit. Because it's like it's not proccing just once; it's proccing like three times off of however many abilities you're doing it. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. It's absurd. Mm-hmm. Um, moving forward, one of the one one of the things that happened in preseason was that jungle changed. And in a lot of ways has kind of taken over the game. Jungle feels really, really strong alongside top lane right now. And it looks like Riot is trying to balance out the role a little bit more to make it uh, make it more balanced. Because it definitely yeah. does not feel yeah. super balanced at the moment. So essentially, um, the, the, these are some pretty major updates. It looks like uh, 20 base true damage. Uh, is going down to, by 4 to 16 base true damage for pets. So pets are doing less true damage. After the first pet evolution, they consume two bonus treats on kill of a large monster, and they get benefits, uh, their, their, their evolution benefits. Um, there is a native 20% damage amp that no longer works on epic monsters. 10% bonus AR and MR are converted to... Pet true damage. Bonus HP ration is down from 4% to 3%. The monster kill health per level is being increased from 3 to 6. And monster kill mana per level is being increased from 2 to 4. The treat gold is going from 50 to 35. Uh, And then the XP multiplier is just... What is this doing? That's a lot of numbers. That's a lot <laughs> that of numbers. Lot of what numbers. is this doing? It's going, it's going, going up a little. up a little bit it's in later up. scaling. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's okay. It looks like it's compensation for the jungle experience nurse from the start of the season. Okay. Uh, some monsters are getting some changes. Gromp's auto attack range is being decreased from 175 to 150. The razor beak auto attack range, the large one, is going down from 300 to 200. And the leash range centers uh, have been offset from camp spawn locations to give more space for champions to move and kite. I really appreciate that change, especially I like that one. because yeah. it's so Does tough it to kite bigger? these. Well, it, it's more, it's not larger, it but it's offset. like, it, it makes yeah. more sense for like the area of the, of the actual camp. Cause it used to be like, okay. it's a circle and the camp is in the middle you of the like circle. Zero move, movement for blue buff. Yeah. And I think what it's going to be is, like, based off of where the camp is located, like, where the camp starts, that's going to be the back of the leash circle, is what I'm assuming is going to happen, so that it has more space to walk out. But the the range itself is the same. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, The Moss Stomper, 
So the uh, the green pet uh, tenacity yeah, buff duration is going down from three seconds to one point five seconds, and the Ooh. tenacity type is going from an is going from being item tenacity to champion tenacity. I see. Honestly, so it's taking power out of clear, kind of. But it doesn't look like things are going to be clearing as fast. It's like, yeah, you're not going to be clearing as fast, but you get rewarded more for clearing. Yeah. I think it's a good change. Except for the It feels like junglers are everywhere right now. By everywhere, you mean every single champion in the game is throwing their hat in the ring to see if they can be America's next top jungler? Yeah. <laughs> Branch jungler, I'm calling you now. Yeah, that would no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> segue into a topic for later is that like off meta junglers are kind of blowing up our video game right now mm -hmm. <laughs> on top of top laners stomping on us. Um, moving forward, <clears throat> it looks like there are a couple of champions that are just getting like little mini reworks at least like just some, yeah, some overall some changes. changes they're not necessarily like buffs or nerfs but just changes to the champion in general uh that's a lot for mundo yeah Phew. yeah it looks like there is a lot going on uh with mundo right now where mundo jungle is getting changed it, that's that's the intention here okay mundo so jungle. The base stats is 80 per level is going down from 3 to 2.5. His base magic resist is going down from 32 to 29. His magic resist per level is being increased from 2.05 to 2.3. And then his uh, base attack speed is going down from 0.72 to 0.67. Uh, his passive is uh, going to canister health loss is going from 7 to 7% uh, 7 to 3%. The max health heal is going from 8% to 4%. The max health regen per five seconds is going from 0.8 to 1 to 6% linear progression to a 0.4 to 2.5 non-linear progression equal at level 11. Uh, his infected bone saw, his Q, the health cost is going up from 50 to 60. His W, the heart zapper, the health cost is uh, going from 5% of his current HP to 8% of his current HP. <clears throat> His gray health heal uh, is going from 0% to 50% on no hit. I don't really know what that means. What does this mean? Gray health shield, oh. no hit, 0% to 50%. So if his W hits something, you get a you get a little bit of a heal from okay. uh, the damage it's doing. And it looks like it's going to start healing now based on... Or, regardless. Yeah, it's going to start healing now regardless if you hit nothing or something or not. Oh, okay. That makes sense. All right. Uh, his damage stored as gray health uh, looks like Ooh. it's going going from scaling per level to a percentage based on the level in the first 0.75 seconds, then 25% thereafter. So it starts Watch, off at like a, 80 to like 95%. Big yeah, so it's just big zap. Big zap happens. Uh, and then the duration is going from 4% to 3%. Uh, 4%, 4 seconds to 3 seconds. <laughs> uh, <laughs> his E blunt force trauma the health Ew. cost is going from 10 to 50 to 20 to 60 the passive bonus AD is oh my god what no longer the... giving it gives a flat percent and more based on bonus missing health 
uh, it's just going to a flat percent health max yeah. health now. Man, why do they have to put so many numbers in this patch note, bro? I gotta yeah, figure out what's going on. They have to adjust him to hitting jungle minions instead of champions all the time. Yeah. He would be way too overstated if he still had this stuff. Yeah. Um. Yeah, they removed his instantly pushed small jungle monsters. His monster damage is just going down by from 20, 250 to 150%. And then the cooldown on the E is uh, going up from 8 to 6 seconds scaling to 9 to 6 seconds scaling. Um, and then his ultimate, bonus AD is being removed. Missing health as max health is going up in percentage from uh, per level. And then added, at rank 3, both healing effects, R regen and base health gain, are increased by an additional 5% per nearby champion. Damn. So it looks like... They want him to be a team fighter. I like it. I like it. Yeah. Hit the minions, gank people every now and then, still be relevant late game. It feels like they... I mean, I guess it's... It's interesting. I'm interesting to see what this does for the champion because it does kind of feel like Mundo doesn't have a lot of an identity right now. Like he just kind of exists in the game and you just kind of see him occasionally and he is tank and like that's his entire identity because he doesn't bring a lot of utility to any team. He is really just the I'm going to shove my face on my keyboard, walk forward the entire time and then just (laughs) hope my team does something. Right. Yeah. I like the changes. But it, it brings into question why play him at jungle. I agree. Why it's play like, him you know, jungle? Just, just play him top. I think I think that is kind of the intention, though. They want him to be a top laner. I don't think they want him in the jungle. Uh, I'll take over Zeri. Yeah, I'll I was going to say, Zary you should probably any, do Zeri. This, this, is, this is kind of your chance. I've been staring at this, this splash art of, of the... Black Rose or whatever it's called. Crystal Rose, I think it's called. Wasn't Zeri your highest win rate champion this season? Yeah, it was. Oddly enough. And also, Champ, I I think I I played a lot of on release, I think. Luckily. I really liked her on release. She was a really cool champion. But uh, Zeri, they're... So the update is aimed to improve her solo queue gameplay, and I agree with this stance with the changes, uh, making her more of a bursty character and having more of a presence early game so that you can fend for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> um, so her <clears throat> abilities updates, we're going to start with her base stats are getting changed. Pretty much everything about her is getting changed. Her movement speed is actually... We're getting that five points back, baby. They regretted their decision from (laughs) nerfing us like two times ago, taking away that five movement speed. We're getting it back. So her base AD is going up three points from 50 to 53. Her armor will go up from 20 to 24. Her base health will go up from 600 to 630. Her attack speed ratio will go up from 0.568 to 0.625. And her HP per level will go from 109 to 115. Um, that is awesome. 
she'll just have more survivability. She's going to be stronger. Like, this is just great for the champ. It looks, overall. Good. It looks good. Honestly, yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited to see more Zeri. Yes, I am excited for this as well. Very, very excited. Hopefully she doesn't get for just permaband all the time. It's going to feel so bad. I agree. Uh, so, making a change for her basic attack. So, fully charged damage will be going from... Better okay, AP this scaling. is an interesting change. So, yeah, better AP scaling and the max HP for the target scaling will say the same. Uh, I'll have to read the rest of the kit. I think they're taking some of the AP out of the rest of her kit and kind of putting it back into her basic attack, which is interesting. So, I haven't seen any AP Zeri builds like, at all. Uh, I think, like, she kind of died before they tried to push that narrative. But, yeah. Next is her passive, her living battery. Uh, the shield bonus. So it's giving a 10% multiplicative movement speed rather than a flat 10% movement speed when you uh, hit somebody with a shield and take it. But you are getting a reduced duration of one second on it. Her Q is the range will be going down. So they're going to take less, take range away from her and give her more damage. Uh, the range will be going down from 825 to 750. That excess attack speed to AD ratio, I believe, is with her scaling, will be from 60 to 70% scaling. Um, the base damage of her Q will go up a lot with the early levels and also the late levels <clears throat> and the ad ratio will also be going up early and kind of flattening out and staying the same late game the w the damage type will be changed from magic damage to physical now and they're just flat out taking the ap damage out of her w and they're keeping the um, what is it called? The crit scaling the same, I believe. And with the damage, they're taking out the 40% AP scaling. And they're putting 30% scaling into the AD. So no more AP scaling, just AD scaling and the base damage will be going up as well. The cast time for it is a 2.5 second uh, scaling with her attack speed, I believe. And I think it's going to be 0.55 seconds to 0.3 seconds based on her attack speed now um the missile speed will be even faster by 300 points uh and the beam cast time will go up 10 0.10 seconds oh this is a lot and there's <laughs> still a lot more to go with her e and ultimate which they are kind of I wouldn't say change it completely. Her E is going to be changed, but her E is kind of remain. Her alt is going to remain a little bit the same. Um, so the mana cost for her E is not going to be flat anymore. It's going to start a little higher early, going from ninety, and then scaling. It'll be seventy at max level. The cooldown of it will be early. Early levels it'll be lower for twenty-two seconds level one, and then eighteen seconds will remain the same scaling. Um, and this is a new effect that they're going to add to her E. 
For the next five seconds, Zeri's burst damage does additional magic damage to the first enemy hit and pierces targets. So I believe it doesn't say on here, but they removed the fact that her E goes through. Uh, I believe it was an infinite amount of targets. I don't think it was just up to three targets. It was an infinite amount of targets, and it had three stacks, so then your next three auto attacks went through targets. So now it's just making it, for the next five seconds, the first enemy hit it pierces and does bonus magic damage, and that's it. Um, So the bonus magic damage that it'll do, it will scale 20% off of AP and 12% off of your bonus AD. And it <clears throat> will also gain a crit trike crit strike chance scaling of 65% of your bonus damage. Damn. Um that will be huge and it seems like they're adding that to a lot of different champions now and they're really trying to push the crit uh lethal tempo narrative <laughs> even though Bork is making a big standing in AD meta for me personally. Um the piercing damage fall off that is a thing. Um, ability attack range reduced the cooldown of Spark Surge E by 0.5 seconds. So, let's see. So, yeah, you'll get now a, a flat 0.5 second reduced uh, cooldown for her E when you just hit an ability or an attack rather than uh, with the three stocked charges that she got before that would give you the cooldown reduction. Now it's just every attack and ability. Um, and you will also get a bigger reveal range through walls when you press your E going through it, which I think is a very cool change. Um, and lastly, her ult removes the bonus damage, magic damage from her auto attacks. Her chain lightning range will increase, which is awesome, from 450 units to 650 her on-cast magic damage will be buffed in between base damage and both her AP and AD scaling, 80% for her AP to 110% for her AP scaling, and 80% on AD to 100% on AD. Um, if the R hits at least one champion, she will gain 10% movement speed, 30% attack speed, and chain shots for 5 seconds. Hitting champions refreshes it by 1.5 for an up to five second total. Uh, hitting champions grants Zeri one stack three per crit of overcharge for 1.5 seconds. Zeri gains 0.5% movement speed for each stack of overcharge, stacking infinitely, as we know. Um, overall, me personally, I'm very excited for this because I just want to see her playable again <laughs> and just. Having Zeri in my hands will be awesome. Being able to experiment with her, um, like in this new meta, playing against the tanks and like the new junglers, and just the way that the game is being played in general, just playing her will be awesome. Uh, how do y'all feel about this? I'm very excited. I love Zeri. I think Zeri's design is super cool. I think the fact that they nerfed her into the ground was reasonable because she was definitely out of hand. And I'm interested to see whether or not these changes are going to once again break the champion to which she will then once again be nerfed into the ground. I think that is very likely. 
But right. we're going to see. I, I love Zary. I think actually Zary was my highest win rate AD carry this season as well when I was still playing AD towards the beginning of the season or like Sounds around her release. So like, she's <laughs> she's, I mean, she was a lot of fun too. I, I think my only pentakill this season was on Zary actually. That's hilarious. So, <laughs> like Your this, first point brings me a thought. Yeah. Uh, this champion is absurd. My first time playing Zary is actually when I got that pentakill too. By the way, my very first time playing that's her first game. Funny. Um, Dang. Like, th- like the champion was so much fun to play, and she's so fun to watch too. Like, she's an absolute joy to see. Like, highly mechanically skilled players play her because it's just like everything that you want an ADC to be able to do. She's dealing a bunch of damage, she's running around, she's difficult to catch, but she's like she's difficult to catch because the player knows how to pilot her correctly, right? Definitely, um, definitely. This is going to be a lot of fun to see her come back into the meta. I I look forward to being able to play with more Zeris. Yeah, she I really like her design as a champion. I think it's great that she's going to be back in the meta. And like you said, it's it's really fun to watch people, especially people that are really good at her and know how to pilot her. It's really fun to just see her played. Yeah. I I that's an interesting point that you have that her inevitable nerfing back into the ground because <laughs> her her entire issue on release and like just in general is that her like her gimmick is just too broken. So it's like unless you just remove the gimmick of the champion and the whole point's like what else can you do other than just making her unplayable, you know? And, like, having her fit in a specific uh, situations that are just not too common or having to be played by really highly mechanical, highly mechanically skilled players, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm very excited to see Zeri. I want to see more Zeri. I need more of this champion in my life. <laughs> um, I'm going to take the Tom Kench changes, and then at the very end, it looks like there is going to be Cassidy, so I'm going to let micro take casted in and then that's going to be the end of the patch notes because i don't really want to talk about any of the aram stuff i don't think it's that important for this particular podcast episode but we could talk about aram in the future but i am going to take tom kench here so tom kench is going to be receiving some updates with this patch um he's strong like like tom kench just feels kind of strong i I, like maybe maybe it's because i play him support but i think this champion is strong I, I think he has a place in the meta. I don't know how he yeah. is in top lane, but let's take a look at these changes. So it looks like his passive and acquired taste, the damage is now going to scale with 2% AP per 100 uh, bonus AP, uh, HP. Uh, his Q, the Tongue Lash, is going to have the AP ratio increase from 90% to 100%. His W, Abyssal mm-hmm. Dive, is going to have the AP ratio increase from 125% to 150%. And then his R, the shield now decays 200 per second instead of lasting 2.5 seconds. So it is a decaying shield now, not just a flat shield that lasts a period of time. And then the damage AP ratio increased from 5% per 100 AP to 7% per 100. Um, yes. AP Tom Kench? AP Tom Kench. AP, Tom I Tom fucking Kench? love it. He promotes off meta. one shot by Big, Tom big thumbs up. This is awesome. <laughs> I love this. Lich Bane, Tom Kench, unkillable, and then auto attacks you for 500 damage. I'm ready. I'm signed up. Yeah, I mean, not much to say. I mean, I think it's interesting that they're trying to buff his, buff him in this. Yeah, emphasis direction. on interesting. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, get him maybe... played. I honestly like playing with the champion, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe more top lane Tom Kench, maybe less support Tom Kench. 
Uh, Maybe more anyways. support Tom Kench. He'll do as much damage as the Enchanters do now. True, <laughs> true, 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 true. Um, going into Cassidy, um, he's just going to have some quality of life changes. Um, starting off with his Q, it's granted on Spellcast rather than when it leaves his hand, so it comes out a little bit quicker. It's real nice. Uh, getting more shield per rank. Really nice, especially into those AP matchups where you particularly can struggle in. Um, the shield ratio is going down a little bit. Uh, pretending to scaling with LP or ugh, to scaling with AP uh, for forty to thirty. Um, his E, his E no longer requires nearby spell cast. I did not know that it was going to be a change. That is good. Oh, I can cast that, that whenever is, I want. That's pretty insane. So yeah, now it has a a big cooldown. Oh, so it's a bit is a big ass cooldown, but uh, every spell cast will reduce it down by one second. It's interesting. I like cool. that. I, like I can take change. it at level two now. I like it. These are good changes. And that's it for Cassidy. Um good changes. Combine that with some cooldown reduction. Yeah, especially with the uh th these were the awkward feeling abilities in his kit. Um so I, I I'm I'm loving him, especially since I want to play Cassidy now. Yeah, it's gonna be more consistent of a mm -hmm. of a tool to use instead of like, like all right, game that E. Yeah, I'm about to ult in and then just hope people use abilities and I'm also going to use my kit. Yeah. And I'll be able to silence them and be useful for my team. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah it, it feels more consistent now. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I like those casting changes. But how do we feel about the patch notes overall real quickly? What what are... What I, like are... I think I think they're good changes. It's interesting that this is the patch that the, uh, the C12 is ending on, or rather... The new season starting going to be starting with, um, or the one before the new season. Um, it's interesting. There's a little bit I like, a little bit I dislike. I, it's just mixed feelings, of course, as with every every single League of Legends patch. I yeah, agree. Sure. It's mixed feelings for me. Like it wraps back around to the to the top lane <laughs> over buffing, in my opinion. Like. <laughs> I think with the addition of the items, it was enough. Like honestly, yeah. Like and and of course, like some fine tuning with champions, but it 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 feels like it's getting out of hand. I'd like to see like you know, other characters touched or changed in some way. Like, Singed puffs. Yeah. Yo, actually, <laughs> I gotta really. talk to you about it. this real quick. Actually, I'm gonna take us on a tangent. I played a singe <laughs> support game last night, oh. brother. That champion is broken. Brother, this yeah, champion is, is really disgusting. Really good. I lost that game, by the way. I'm so sad that I lost it because, like, literally, he is very good. He does literally, this, I can tell you the scoreline of like, I'm pre my top laner was 0 and 16. I'm pretty sure. Um, oh, but I was oh, against uh, a Camille, <laughs> wow. Nunu, uh, a Kali, Ash, Yumi, and Ooh. oh my god, dude, I fucking destroyed. First of all, demolished their bot lane. Ash, Yumi did not stand a chance. But the rest of the team also just got absolutely dicked by by me the entire game. But I it. It, it, I, it was an unwinnable game because by 15 minutes, the score lines were top was 0-5, jungle was 1-3, mid lane was 0-6. And bot lane was like 2-1, and, and then I was 4-1. and one. Yeah, what do you do at that point, man? Yeah. It, it literally was, it, it turned into like a 25-minute banger of like myself and my ad carry just running circles around the enemy team trying to kill people <laughs> but uh but sorry that was my quick side tangent uh singe no, is a great champion uh does not deserve buffs yeah shut the fuck up 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll pass it off to you, Mage. All right. So that's going to be it for the team chat section. That's going to be all the topics that we had to talk about today. Patch notes took a little bit longer than I expected. Perhaps in the future we will have you episodes dedicated to solely the patch notes, and we will uh, cut back on the timing a little bit there. But with that being said, uh, like I said earlier, unfortunately there are no all chats this episode. If you do have an all chat, a topic you want us to talk about, a question you want to ask us, please, please, please reach out to us. You can go ahead and email us at hextechheroes at gmail.com. Or if you want, you can tweet at us. Uh, I have a Twitter, which is going to be laughingmagetfg. You can tweet at me, and if I see that, I can bring it up. Uh, and then you can also tweet at Micro, I believe, who has a Twitter, which is, uh, what? what is it, Micro, if you would like? I don't if... At H-H underscore Micro, and that's M-Y-C-R-O, not spelt normally. Right. I don't know why. <laughs> it just happens. Because it's cool. The Y makes it cool. True, kind of. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but with that being said, please reach out to us. Send us an email, a tweet, anything. Let, get a, get our attention, and we will feature you on the next episode of Hextech Heroes. But moving on, past all chat, we are going to go into slash FF. And like I said last week, FF does not mean forfeit here. FF means for fun. And this is where I'm going to briefly touch on some topics that don't really have a space for a lot of discussion. It's just going to be like some cool thing that's happening in the league sphere that we want to talk about. Um, I have a couple of topics this uh, this week, and I'm going to go ahead and, and talk about those. First off, unfortunately, Yamato Cannon is no longer going to be the head, uh, the head coach for Fnatic in the upcoming split. This feels kind of lukewarm. I personally am a huge fan of Yamato. I think his... his uh, his idealism and his philosophy for coaching and and his enthusiasm as a coach is absolutely heartwarming, and he is the kind of coach that I strive to be, uh, maybe minus some of his draft weaknesses. <laughs> but I, I am excited to see where he goes in the future, and I am sad that he will no longer be with my favorite EU team, uh, Fnatic. The next four fun topic that I, that I want to briefly touch on is Reckless, the potentially greatest uh eu 80 carry in the history of the lec i i would I, I would go so far as to say reckless dropped a merch line which is super dope it is so cool check it out hey, at reckless.gg it, reckless. Awesome. it, it is so sick awesome design only issue it's only available in eu right now so that feels a little bad uh oh uh, us here over in na we're suffering a little bit from that um, but lastly, and this is this is the thing that I uh, that I'm really happy about. So the World Cup is happening right now, and I personally don't really care that much about soccer. I really don't feel any way I about it at all. Um, however, the uh, the South Korean team ended up upsetting a win at the World Cup, and when they were doing their celebration, they had a Korean flag and they had a couple of phrases written on it. One of the phrases is a quote from Deft talking about his 2022 season of League of Legends at Worlds. The quote being, the important thing is the unbreakable spirit. So the South Korean World Cup team quoted DRX's Deft, the world champion of League of Legends. Go. Very, very cool. We love to see it. We love to see that sort of stuff here. With that being said, that's all that we have for the slash FF section of the podcast. And moving on to the last segment that we have, we have basing, where we talk about some of our based League of Legends takes. So with that being said, I'm actually going to pass it off to Susan here. Susan, what is your base take this week? My base take is, 
I don't have any stats on this, so I'm not going to talk too definitive. But to me, it's looking like Bork is just nutty for, like, countering tanks in general. The, the thing about Bork is that it just does so much bonus damage based off of max health. And, like, that's a lot of what's going on in between mages. Like, certain junglers that are being played with high max health caps. Uh, same with the top laners that are just getting so much max health from like Heart Seal, Jock Show, I think it's called. <clears throat> um, just crazy stuff. Giving so much max HP. Bork has really just been shredding health bars, especially with, I'd say, the, sh the cutback that Bork has is that it's limited to characters that utilize it well. Like I was saying, Lucian, Twitch, Varus. Um, Vayne? Vayne, yeah, yeah. Vayne has oh, been Vayne a staple sure. Bork user, of course. <laughs> um, Ash is on that list. But, yeah, it kind of, like, sucks that it's defined to those champions. But the champs that I haven't been playing a lot of Lethal Tempo crit lately because it, I don't, it just hasn't been fitting the bill unless you play that hunker down and sit under your turret and farm bot lane. You know, mm -hmm. usually some form of Yumi. Um, but, yeah, that's how I feel about Borg compared to, like, Lord Doms. You know, just mm -hmm. I haven't been using it at all. It just lackluster in damage. Uh, even though it gives you, like, a flat uh, damage bonus based on max health difference. Um, but, yeah, that's those are my thoughts. Okay. I think it's an interesting take. I don't know. I, I don't even know if I disagree with you. I think Bork is just a super good item. I think it's been super good for a really long time. Yeah. Ever since they yeah, changed even, it. Even not on AD champs, like any other champs I can utilize it well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm right there with you for your base take. Same here. Good base take. Good base <laughs> take. Is it, uh with my base take this week, um, so my base take is a little bit maybe maybe it's too much, but I'm going to say it anyways. I think so. There's a lot of negativity in League of Legends. A lot of people talk about this game. Oh, it's not that fun. Like we like it's the meme where like you ask you ask someone. Oh, you play League of Legends? Do you like the game? And they they answer no. I hate the game. And then uh -huh. it's <laughs> like, do, do are you gonna play it when you get home? You're absolutely right. I'm gonna play it when I get home. My hot take this week, my base take this week. I don't even know if hot take is the right word at this point for these takes. Is that a hot uh, a base take here? Is that League of Legends is a fun game, right? Like this is this is something that I want to push. This is a narrative that I want to talk about. League of Legends is actually a fun game. It is designed yes. well. It is addicting to play. It is competitive and it is interesting and it is a hundred percent fun to play. The issue I agree. that comes with this game is that a lot of the player base does not make it a particularly fun game, right? That is the issue yes. here, it is people are being cruel and mean and negative in these games, and that is what's creating the narrative around League of Legends that's making it seem more negative than it actually is. This is the largest esport in the world. It is responsible for the largest draw-in of viewership for an esports event in the history of esports, and it is loved among the entire world internationally. 
you cannot look at League of you cannot honestly look at League of Legends if you've been playing the game for years and say that it is an unfun game. It is perfectly fun, and the issue that is here is going to be based around the player base. And the only way that we're going to fix that is by being a better player base, right? So that is that is going to be my base take this week. I want us to be a better player base so that we can get back to a narrative where League of Legends is in fact a fun game because I think that that is the truth. I love this take. And 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 it's the negativity of the player base that makes it that makes it seem like a bad game. This is a good take. It is the addiction that I enjoy. <laughs> yeah. Yes, sir. The right, one addiction I'm fine with. Is <laughs> dopamine to be gained? from it for me so like i i would say it's fun <sighs> but yes that is going to be the base takes for this week micro unfortunately does not have a base take for this week but that's totally fine perhaps something will tickle his fancy over the next seven days and he'll find something to rant about. i want it to be something good something like, like good you guys are great i almost actually did the one that mage had mm-hmm. uh but I want to find something that'll like rattle you guys. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm looking forward. Like, 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 I just drop a. Hangs are not broken out of nowhere. <laughs> Bro, <laughs> that's the show. Anyways, no, no, no. I, I don't fully down. believe that. <laughs> that's funny. But with that being said, that is the last segment for the Hextech Heroes podcast. Uh, so let's go ahead and do some outros here, guys. Do you have anything you want to shout out, talk about before we uh, wrap up the show here? Uh, shout out my mom. I'm going to get my hair done tomorrow. Yo. Are you getting it colored oh, yeah. or is it just getting cut? Uh, I'm getting it done. So like I'm getting it twisted and stuff like that. Ah, Maybe do awesome. some photos. Ooh. I would be down for that after I get it done. That's sick. I'd like to thank my mom for being there for me. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, I mean, I would, but uh, I guess just, <laughs> I, 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 I would. <laughs> I guess the uh, the new Twitter that I made for Hextech Heroes, it is HH underscore micro. Um, I hope to get a lot more league news on there, especially pertaining to LCS because I'm you know, not as active in that scene. But uh, just my Twitter. That's pretty much it for today. All righty. Uh, well, as for me, as long as we're shouting out mothers, I'd like to shout out my mother as well. Uh, I love her very much. She's uh, the light of my life. Um, with that being said, anything else I want to shout out here? I'm going to shout out our, as always, silent member on the podcast, Emily. She is here. She is quiet and muted, but listening to us silently and patiently. Uh, we love to have her here around every single one of our recordings. Um, but beyond that, yeah, I'm going to shout out the same thing I shouted out last week is my Twitter is going to be laughing mage TFG. Uh, I talk about league of legends. I tweet at professional players and people in the industry and I try to get their attention because I have things that I want to talk about with them, because uh, I love this game and I want and I want to be able to talk to people who also love this game. But other than that, that's going to be all of my shoutouts. That's going to be our shoutouts, and that's going to be the end of episode three of Hextech Heroes. Thank you very much for listening to us this week. Coming up soon, I think is going to be the power ranking for the LCS. That'll probably actually be done at some point later this week and be uploaded to uh, all of our stuff in the future. But With that being said, thank you very much for listening to this episode. Thank you very much for supporting the channel. And we will see you guys next time. Bye. Have a good one.